The call of God that's on every one of you as the body of Christ, as we've joined the church, as a member of the body of Christ and a member of Valley Community Church. Those that are here that are visiting, uh, we welcome you. And I see some faces that I've known for a long time and love uh, seeing you at your home church. And God has sent you to other places, but we welcome you online. Uh, I want to welcome the home groups, uh, 50 home groups uh, out of Georgia that will be joining us this afternoon. And uh, I want to say to you, God bless you. Your leadership is amazing. I met with them last week, and they are just fabulous. You are blessed to have them. Continue in what you're doing in reaching your communities there in Georgia. For all over the world, we welcome you. For those that are watching us next door here in Omani on Bodger Street, it's great to have you with us. And let me just say this to all those that are here today, it is great seeing you. I'm excited about our future. I am excited about breakthrough. We are going to conclude talking about the breakthrough in the family, the prophetic word that was given to us uh, quite a while ago and that we've been teaching on that, and we will be teaching through probably June of next year in the realities of the many facets that God said, I am going to bring breakthrough to you if you will take these steps in the kingdom reality and, and move into a realm of understanding greater things in the kingdom of God. Let's entitle this today, One That Builds God's Kingdom. That's your call, building the kingdom of God. I've been involved, as I said earlier, with Valley Community Church since uh, 1979. And in 1979, I met a pastor, William Bradford Jr., who was my mentor for many years uh, until his passing. His wife still is a mentor. Beverly, if you're watching, hello. I really can't describe to you the impact that this church had on me, the people. You made a difference in me. I came out here uh, to school to study for ministry, but it was the church, it was you, the congregation, that impacted me more than anything else. Let me now just kind of go over a little bit, a little bit of what we've learned. We've learned to believe in Jesus, we learned to belong to God's family, and become a follower of Jesus. And again today, let's discuss how to build the kingdom. Remember our purpose as we handed out what I wrote to you regarding what it means to be a member of the body of Christ. Our purpose of Valley Community Church is to help every person develop an intimate relationship with God. For you to come and to be equipped here at the church, my call leadership call of this church, is to set an atmosphere to equip you so that you can walk in a greater intimacy and breakthrough with your relationship with the Lord. Part of this relationship with God is understanding our roles in building the kingdom. When you have a church that doesn't understand their roles and there's confusion, 
And confusion doesn't come from God. Confusion comes from the enemy. We're going to talk about how we can use our special gifts because we understood that each one of us have special gifts from God and talents that God gave us to fulfill the roles. But here is what I wanted to hold back until the end of teaching on the family or the membership is, but in all of our roles that are different, all of our personalities are different. Again, we're not trying to uh, mold you into the same type of person. I can't stand that when I, I watch groups or, or companies or, where everybody has to be the same. They have to say the same word. And, and I, I, don't want, I want you to be you. I want you to be what God created you to be because what God created you to be is amazing. And many of us don't even recognize that because we don't know our role and how to win as a believer. See, the Holy Spirit wants to speak to you specifically and purposely about your purpose. God has a unique vision for your life. So the biggest question is when you join a church and don't know what ministry truly is, you think it's those with a title or those that stand on the platform. I'm a servant to you. I'm not some big cheese here. I'm not the boss. Even though I function in a leadership of making the final decisions and all of that. And we've talked about how uh, working with the council, working with the, the shepherd elders, the eldership, the leadership of the church, and developing the vision and developing everything and working together with our unique gifts. And we're not going to go there because we've already taught that. Ephesians 4, 11, 12 says, And he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. And what we need to recognize is, is knowing the reality of who we are and what God has called you to. You're going to begin to understand really what my focus is what I'm, I am supposed to do. So in the realities of everything here, we have to get to a place that these are gifts Jesus gave when he ascended from, from earth, pulpit offices, and let me just tell you this, there are also seven body offices. When we get into freedom, we're going to talk about that. We're going to realize that every one of us stand in an office in the body of Christ. Every one of us have been appointed to be something special and something important in the body of Christ. Jesus did not give the gift of an apostle to a person. Listen very closely. I'm going to play with words here. He gave a person as an apostle, as a gift to the body of Christ. People say, well, I have the gift of an evangelist. Well, if you're really an evangelist, if you really have it, then you are an evangelist and you are a gift to the body of Christ. See, you have to understand that. A lot of times we focus on the title and we don't focus on what the title means or what you are to do, how you are to function, how you are to be. That's why churches, you know, 
Churches come and churches go. Churches open and churches close. It's because we don't know who we are. And so what we've done in the last few weeks, basically the whole month of November, and then today we're talking about the identity of the church. So let me say it this way, speaking of my call, don't get mad at me, I am a gift from Jesus to you. Thank you. At least one person opened the gift. It's not one of those gifts, you know, where you want to get rid of right away or give it to someone else because you didn't have enough money. But I'm a gift to you, but guess what? <laughs> You're a gift to me. I hear amen on that? All right. So I'm a gift from Jesus to you, and you can't return me. Before we go on, I want you to catch this little difference. Okay, I've been playing with words here. Okay, listen closely. Jesus gave gifts to men, and in those gifts, he then gives those people who have those gifts to the body of Christ. So when you join a church, you are a gift to the body of Christ, not for yourself. Not so that you can be the big cheese or you can have a title. You are a gift to the body of Christ with what God gave you. I didn't give it to you. God gave it to you. My importance is I'm to equip you to be better in the role that God gave you, but you are a gift to the body. You become a servant to the body of Christ. All five of these pulpit offices, we call them, do the same thing. Now, they do it differently. They're different personalities, different roles, but the same purpose, the same function. Ephesians 4 says they do the same thing. So what do all of them do? The same thing. Differently, different gifts, but what do all of them do? They equip the saints for the work of the ministry. So if you don't accept the gift from the pulpit, you don't like what they say, how they say it, if they bring correction or anything like that, then you are rejecting the gift and the directive that God was, is giving. Now, let me tell you, there are people that stand up and they take the title and they go to extreme and they're wrong. Years ago, it used to be shepherding. In other words, you can't make a decision unless, unless moi says okay. Well, let me tell you, with that mentality, moi, don't worry about it, what I think. Go for it. But if you accept the gift ministry when I'm teaching the Word of God, then you take the Word of God and the truth and you make your decision by the leading of the Holy Spirit from the Word of God that's been given. And then what you do, you don't take it and say, no, I know everything. I'm, I, I got everything together. No, what you do is you take that and then you begin with your gift because you're sold out to one another. Then you bless each other with the truth of the word of God, not your gift. You hear what I'm saying? Not your title. Not the big cheese. 
If, if, if you think you're the big cheese, you're Swiss cheese. You've got a lot of holes in it. <laughs> There's only one big cheese, and his name is Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Amen? So a prophet prophesies, but he is to equip the saints to prophecy. Wow. He is to equip the saints in how to hear God, to move in the prophetic gifts. That's why we have uh, a prophetess that functions in this body. Sister Mila, who's a godly person. Her husband is a godly person. They work in the marketplace in most places which is great. Here's another problem. A lot of times the church doesn't release the marketplace to do their ministry. They think the marketplace has to come to church and work. No, you go out into the marketplace and fulfill your role, your purpose, that individual thing that I'm going to talk to you about in a little bit, and you go out and do that, but then you come and you celebrate together as a family and serve one another. There there's a lot of people running around saying, I'm a prophet. But they're not equipping anybody. It's all about them. Give me a dollar and I'll tell you something. No, <laughs> I'm not going to give you a penny. Now, let me just say this to you. For some of you, maybe you're listening online, that you're kind of raising up because that's who you are. You don't attend church. You're not a you know, committed to any body of Christ and you're just sitting there and listening and, and you're telling everybody you're a prophet, let me tell you, are you equipping the body of Christ or are you just functioning in your title? I didn't make this up. Apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, and teacher are to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. We need to get our act together. In order to, to get breakthrough, we need to get our act together. So let me explain. All of us who are believers are saints. I know some of you think you're more of a saint than me, but all of us believers are saints. As a saint, we can reach out to those around us in our communities. Everybody's talking about angels. Let me tell you, you know what's more powerful is a saint, you, in your neighborhood, touching people for Jesus Christ. So what is required of me as a believer in this role? So let me tell you, there are three things all of us as believers are, are building in the kingdom of God. First of all, what we have, we have learned, and I, I'm going to show you some things here, is that what we have learned is, is something that God has set apart. And let me just tell you this, God has set something apart for us to move into now. Let me now get to what we're teaching on today. Okay, so let's move on. The process of discipleship is to equip you so you can be a blessing to others. That's why we have OSL. That's why we have the Bible studies that we have. The process of discipleship is to equip you so you can equip others. It's about the heart, not what you do, but you do things because of the heart. Amen? It's got to come out of the heart. 
There are a lot of people in their religious circles, it's what they do. Well, I do this, I do that, I do this. Well, you know what? Let me just tell you, that is so wonderful and neat. But that doesn't mean a hill of beans to God. What God is concerned about is the issue of the heart. It's about the heart, not what you do. I have flown on a plane multiple times, and you know what they tell you before you get up in the air? Put your oxygen mask on first, then you can help others. What I'm telling you is to be faithful to the body of Christ, be faithful to your church, be faithful to discipleship, grow and break through in areas of your life, and then help others. Learn to be a person that walks in this realm. Remember the four B's that we've talked about in this series? Believe in Jesus, belong to God's family, become a follower of Jesus, and build God's kingdom. And build God's kingdom. What is that? Believing, belonging. Some of you are lonely. Are you faithful to the church? Becoming and building the kingdom of God and or the church. That basically is our mission at Valley Community. In a nutshell, growing in these areas will help you have an amazing, more intimate relationship with God. Whoa. That's the purpose of Valley. That you would grow in intimacy with God. To help every person develop that intimacy. Today, let's conclude this membership part of the series we're doing by focusing on how do we know if we are winning in ministry here at Valley Community Church? Oh, it's this program. Oh, if, if we have a thousand people getting water baptized. No, we got more people next week getting water baptized. There's too many for one service. But, but the reality is, have you ever asked yourself, am I doing this right? Am I, I'm a Christian, I go to Valley, or I'm a Christian, I go some other church. Am I doing this thing right? Or how do I know I'm doing everything in my life right? Being a parent, a father, a student. How do I know? Bottom line, we are talking about our faith and eternity. What about that? Am I winning and honoring God? There are people that are doing thousands of things for, for religion. And they're not honoring God. Are you like me? <laughs> I want to win. I stayed up till midnight last night watching... The Michigan Wolverines win. I know, boo. <laughs> Go blue. Anyways, I want the best <clears throat> principles and strategy that guides my decisions and actions. When I played sports, I wanted to study, to plan, to practice, and to be ready when I played a game, when I pitched, whatever it was, I knew every batter, I knew their weaknesses, all the above. I wanted to have the best strategy to win. 
So let me ask you this. Who's the greatest teacher of all? I'm not asking you to say me. Jesus Christ. And this is what he says. John 13, verse 12. So when he had washed their feet, a cultural thing, taken his garments and sat down again, he said to them, do you know what I have done to you? You call me teacher and Lord, and you say, well, you say, well, for so I am. If I then, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example, 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 that you should do as I have done to you. So he's saying, if you're really going to do what I have asked you to do, you need to learn my ways. Now, I just want to just say something to you. Washing the feet was back then a cultural thing because people wore sandals and it was dusty. When you'd walk in the house, they'd either have a bucket that you could stand in, step in with water, and clean your own feet. But when you washed someone's feet, it usually was a servant that did that. But Jesus, who's the King of kings and Lord of lords, did that. Now, what he's talking about is not every church member that, you know, next week we're going to have washing feet service. People have that, you know. I'm not going to have that unless the Holy Spirit leads me to do that. It's a cultural thing. What I'm going to do is be like Christ and have the heart of washing the feet and being a servant to you. The reason why I do what I do is not for a paycheck. The reason why I do what I do is, is not to get a pat on the back. The reason why I do what I do is to serve you and to tell you you are important. What God's done through you and given you is important for me. See, the, the heart of a servant. And anything we do is the heart of a servant. So washing feet was the lowest class of society that no one wanted to do. And Jesus says, there are going to be things in your church, in your faithfulness, in your neighborhood, you're not going to want to do, but you do it because you serve others. There's a purpose, and we're going to find out that specific purpose of why we do everything that we do. So no matter what people have walked through, watch this, speaking of washing of feet, the mud, etc., that is in their life, at work, at home, and relationships. Let me tell you, people have mud in their life. People have junk of their past, and we need to help by serving them so that they could be washed of their situation, so they could have breakthrough in areas that for years they've had difficulty, bondage, all kinds of things. Next week again, we're going to talk about how that takes place. We are to meet people exactly where they're at, not expecting them to be me, not expecting them to be you, but expecting them to be them. And if there's sin in their life, we don't reject them, but we serve them with love and we help wash the mud off of their life. No matter what they've done, the pain in their life, even if life has caused them to reflect pain on others. You have people like that in your own life, that every time they're around, people hurt. You and I live in a fallen world, and there are hurting and devastated people out there. 
that need you, that need your gift. They don't need my gift. They need your gift in your neighborhood. And then you bring them here. You lead them to Christ. You, you, you help them, bathe them with prayer and, and clean that mud off of them. Bring them to church and we'll accept them where they're at. But what we're gonna do is we're gonna say, hey, what church is about, what being a member of a church is about is coming in and learning and growing and serving one another so that we have greater intimacy with God. That's church, that's not religion. Even Christians who have suffered pain and brokenness and who create confusion in the church, we've known people like that. They come to church and they look like, uh, you know, Jesus Christ superstar. Then after about six months, they're causing pain all over the place. What's the Bible say? Wash their feet. It's a heart attitude towards people, even though they're rude. Valley Community Church is a church that people can come and be healed and restored. Now, let me just tell you, people come broke, broken, wounded, and discouraged, they come and they're afraid and they're addicted. They're oppressed by the enemy and barely are hanging on. And we get to stoop down and wash their feet by serving them, by having a heart for them. When we walk in the power of the Holy Spirit, we get to cleanse and remove the dirt of life and bring healing. I can walk in a room, not because of me, not because of the, quote, gift. I can walk in a room because I have a heart of serving and change the atmosphere of a room. You can do the same thing. It's called new life. And that's what Jesus Christ modeled in that scripture. Mark 10, 45 says, For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. Jesus sacrificed his life to serve others. So let me say something that is so important regarding your life. See, I'm, I'm standing down there and I'm watching these folks being water baptized and I was acting like my wife. I had tears going down my cheeks. No, I was acting like myself. Are you seeing that? The reality is, is, is that we, I have such a passion for people. I was so excited because I know and knew what God was going to do in their life because they made a great choice. Have you ever asked yourself why you were here? I'm not talking just the church. Are you ask, have you ever asked yourself why are you in the world? And we hear that all the time, you know, in Hollywood and all that. Why were you created? Here's the answer to every person in this world. Why you were created and why you're here is to love God and to serve others. To humbly lay your life down in service to others. I'm not talking about works. I'm not talking about doing things. Oh, oh, pastor's saying, I just got to do more. I got to do more. No. The, you know, these people that got to do, 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 they don't have any Sabbath in their life. There's no rest. So after a while, watch this. This isn't in kingdom of God. They get burnt out. 
They start hating ministry. They start hating church. They don't want to go to church. Well, I'll just watch church on TV. Wrong. Don't forsake the assembling together of believers. I know we're going through this COVID stuff. Want to use another term. We're going through this COVID thing, and, and there are situations of people who are in the medical field and all that, even in our own church, that are not here yet. God bless you. I'm glad you're with us, and you're faithful to the live stream. But let's go to another step now. We're getting there. I'm going to show you what we're to do here. I gave you that answer, but I'm going to dig a little bit deeper. If all that I just said is true, then how do I win in ministry? How do I win in ministry? So what does it look like to win? Don't forget that it's all about people. When we think about winning, we think of ourselves. When we think about kingdom winning, we're thinking about other people. Like we were watching and clapping and rejoicing for them here. Serving people, loving people, and connecting with people. Some people say, well, you know what? I, I'm, I'm kind of a quiet, shy person. That's okay. But that doesn't change your role. It's about people. Helping other people develop an intimate relationship with God. Helping others to be saved and develop the seven, remember this in the series? The seven biblical foundations of life. To be healed, to be set free, to be equipped, discipled, to serve God's kingdom. I can remember when we started our discipleship program, everybody was uh, rejoicing with it, but then we went in a deeper area with discipleship. And people were saying, well, you know, they're just trying to brainwash everybody. No, you just don't, you're just not faithful. You know, they're doing that because, you know, they're, they're trying to overlord your life. No, no, no. We're teaching the Word of God so you can grow and you can oversee your life with Christ. See, at Valley Community Church, that's why we say we're all about people. So how can we humble ourselves and wash the feet of others? It's really easy to get stuck on the stuff of ministry. Let me say that again. It's really easy to get stuck on the stuff of ministry, policies or procedures or programs. I am so tired of programs that don't produce the role of the church. I see it all around. When I was a supervisor, I see all kinds of Busy, busy, busy Christians. No time for their children. No time for their spouses. Marriages are falling apart greater than they are in the world in the church. Because the church is so busy doing programs that don't fulfill the role of the kingdom. And the role of the kingdom is to become more intimate with God. And sometimes the intimacy is that you take a Sabbath on a day of the week and you spend time with God, and you spend time with your family. Go on vacation. But don't go on vacation just to get rid of your life. Go on vacation and have purpose of being with your family, loving your spouse. Are we hearing anything today? And I haven't got to the main factor here. 
it's easy to get stuck on these programs. All of that is only in place to serve people. If we have a program, and we did, if we have a program that's just serving a few people, serving the person leading it, then it will be canceled. We live in a world of cancel culture, which I disagree with. But the reality is, is what we have done is we have produced programs that produce nothing but man's ideas in religion. And no longer at Valley Community, you saw it. You, you see it in our booklet, is that everything that we do serves the body of Christ, serves people, and creates an atmosphere that they can grow in the Lord and become everything that God's called them to be. Again, if the program isn't serving people, then let's improve it or cancel it. If people fall out, listen closely, allowing their personal bias to not serve people, murmuring, complaining, even if they leave, let's get back up and serve people anyways. You know, people, you're not serving me, you're not, you're not allowing me to do what I want to do and all the different things. Well, you're right, because you're not serving people. Well, I'm going to leave. Well, love you. I'm, just, I'm really being serious. If we're going to be a church that really focuses on others, then it no longer is about me. It's no longer about you. It's about the kingdom of God. Because each person is unique and has a, sp a specific role in the kingdom that God has called them to play, that is, it may be different than your role. Different personality, different way of, of talking. Learn to respond to those differences or those different than you. Learn to respond. I don't want you to be me. I always tell Terry, you know what? If this world was just Gary Klaus, it'd be pretty boring. It'd be boring without my wife in my life. Because I, I do what I do, and I am what I am. I love to have fun. I love to laugh. You ask people to hang out with me. Love to laugh, joke around. I used to be a practical joker until everybody but their mother would get hurt because pastor wanted to have fun. So I had to curtail that. A little bit, <laughs> but but the reality is is you know my wife is just a bowl of fun, and so I love hanging out with her. And if I'm so busy doing 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 program program program, then I won't be able to enjoy my wife. Let's meet those people where they are. Let's continue to walk alongside of them. They may choose to not walk alongside of you because of life hurts. But love people anyways. There are going to be people that are going to reject you. There's no perfect church. There are going to be people that look at you sideways, say wrong things, mean the right thing, and then say the wrong thing. So here it is. Serving people is the win. Right, Pastor Ben? That's all you've done in your life, you and Sylvia. I watched them. All those years, decades, prison ministry, serving people, going the extra mile. So serving people 
is the win. Look for those opportunities. Ephesians 5.26 says that he might sanctify and cleanse her with a washing of water by the word. The word, word there is the Greek word rhema, which is a spoken word. Learn how to talk to one another. Learn how to be a blessing. Stop letting condemning words come out of your mouth. Stop letting uh, judgmental words come out of your mouth towards people, towards church, towards me, towards your spouse. The word is anointed of the Holy Spirit and has power. You are here to be the hands and feet of Jesus. Matthew 18, verse 12. What do you think? If a, if a man has a hundred sheep and one of them goes astray, does he not leave the 99 and go to the mountains to seek the one that is straying? And if he should find it, assuredly I say to you, he rejoices more over that sheep than over the 99, that, that sheep than over the 99 that did not go astray. Even so, it is not the will of your Father who is in heaven that one of these little ones should perish. There you go. If they're rejecting you, you don't keep chasing them, but you're available to them. If they come back after their mess and they stink from the world and they come back, love them. Don't expect them to be better now that you came. Okay, you can come in the church. You can be a part of my life because you now are a better person. No, they're probably worse if they rejected your counsel. But you allow them, you receive them. See, the, the world wants to put everybody in a category. If you're this, you're this. If you're that, you're this. We, we hear about judgmental, we hear about racism, we hear about all these different things, and I want to tell you, the thing that we are is we are godly people, kingdom walkers, and we have breakthrough, and we love one another. So the Heavenly Father sees the one who is the one, your neighbor, your co-worker. If you were the only one on this earth, Jesus would have still sacrificed his life just to save you. So how do you feel about others? They're all around you. Humble yourself. Jesus died for their sins too. The Father's heart is that none should perish. That's what we just read. That none should perish. That's my passion. Man, people will reject you. It's their, their decision. But don't be the person that gets angry and offended and causes them to go further in their rejection. Forgive and love people. Romans 5.8. But God demonstrates his own love towards us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. When I was a sinner, people gathered around me and served me by loving me where I was at. Bottom line, the main person was my grandmother. I know you want to be a baseball player. I know you're... Your name's in the paper. All the, I know you've succeeded, but you know you're called in the ministry. You just keep doing what you're doing, honey. You know, just keep doing what you're doing, but I know you're called in the ministry. Grandma, would you leave me alone? I know. You know Grandma loves you. I know you love me, Grandma. But stop telling me that. You've already told me that 500 million trillion times. When I was seven years old, I said that to her. 
You know, today, yes, at times, I still sin. But I come to church and find people, you, who remind me of God's grace and gently restores me back to my calling. Some of you will not hear another word that I say because you're thinking, toss your sins. <laughs> Listen closely now. The beauty of the community of the body of Christ is when we look for the one God is pursuing. When you're led of the Holy Spirit, looking for the person God is pursuing, could be in the grocery store. That's my favorite place to ministry. I love it. And I, I'm getting there, but I love helping older people. Every time I help an older person, I will give them the gospel. Somehow, some way. Amen. And I'm asking, Lord, have you pursued them? Do they know you? And there are times he says, no. They've rejected me. They even attend church. But they've rejected me. And I'll say, Lord, how, how do you want me to pursue them? And you know what I, the answer I get? Pursue them like I do. Serve them. Love them. So church family, who is the one God wants you to connect with today and tomorrow? To connect with at work? To connect with young people at school, at church? God wants you to come alongside them. They may not even be your friend, ever. But you come alongside them. Here it is. Take a deep breath. Slow the pace of your daily life. We're too busy to see the one. We're too busy to do doing the right things to see the one. The one passes us by. But it's great that we fellowship with one another who are serving God. How about the one that if tomorrow they died, they would go to hell? Do you have a heart of serving them? Do you have a heart of, of serving them? How about because the Lord has blessed you in your, your marriage. And we'll talk more about it next year, about marriage. But how about your marriage? And you got it, you know, when I say this, tongue in cheek, when you got it all together in your marriage? Okay? Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. But when you have a stance with the Lord in your marriage, how about grabbing a couple that you know is struggling? Take them to breakfast. Take them to lunch. That five minutes you spend with them could change everything for eternity. So at Valley Community Church, as members of Valley Community Church, we're all about people. How many of you, uh, dumb question in Southern California, how many of you have ever been to Disneyland? How about Disney World? Okay, I've been there. Pretty cool place. Have you noticed how clean Disneyland is to other parks? 
Did you know that on the job description, it may not be today because that might be rude or wrong or I don't know in today's society. Did you know that on the job description of, of the thousands and thousands of employees, it says everyone is on the custodial team. The entire Bible, let me tell you, the entire Bible says this, that we are, we can basically be summed up in four words, love God and love people. I'm messing with the people that are doing the notes here because I'm jumping all over. Sorry, love you all up there. I know you're with me. Go back to the page before now. That's why these parks are so clean. You are not too high or too low to pick up trash and put it in the garbage can. It amazes me. People can walk by and say, oh, that's Eddie's job. <laughs> Every Monday morning, I'm walking around picking up paper if Richard or Eddie hadn't already got there before me. Let me say this. If you're a believer in Jesus, the number one thing on your job description is it's all about people. Are you serving Eddie? Or are you expecting Eddie to do everything? Are you expecting Richard to do everything? You spill coffee in the foyer. Oh, Eddie will get that. Eddie, Eddie, Eddie. You see what I'm saying? It's about the heart. It's a heart issue. At Valley Community Church, we're all about people because Jesus is all about people. In Matthew 22, it says this, Jesus said to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang all the law and prophets. If you want to fulfill everything God called you to be, love God and love your neighbor. Give me a few more minutes. That's the commandment we have from Christ. Loving God includes loving people. People say, well, I love God. I don't need to engage with people. You're so wrong. You're so wrong. Well, it's hard for me, you know, uh, English is my second language. And I have to listen over and over to the message so that I get it. Well, that's why I'm really kind of quiet. Well, I'll tell you what, a smile speaks volumes. If you truly love God, having his heart, you will truly change and love people. Well, I don't like being around people. Change. I don't like going to the women's ministries because, you know, I don't like hanging around women. I'm not saying that. Women are saying that. You know, all those hormones running around. Man, learn to love women. Because what you got is a gift that they need. <laughs> the more that you love God, the more you will love people. A passion to lead all people to Christ. You know, this place should explode in every area because you have a passion of what we talked about. 
You understand now, church family, everybody with us who's part of our church online, you understand who you really are as a member. Everywhere I go, Holy Spirit, who do you want me to engage with today? And you know, sometimes my flesh is, man, I have gone three weeks straight without a day off. I have done this, I have done that. Man, I want to go somewhere where I can hibernate. You know, God is, is a funny God. I don't do that very often. Once in a while, I get there, but usually I get a text message. You know, Richard Martinez will go, Good morning, Pastor. Have a great day. You had to say that. Now I know I have to get back in line and love people. Uh, are you with me? Do you understand what I'm talking about? I mean, you know I love people. And you know that. But sometimes, and I, it's, God's funny because I get into that place where, okay, I can go here and I can just hibernate and I go to this restaurant. No one knows me in this restaurant. It's 50 miles away. My wife's out of town. I'm going to go to this restaurant and just go, ah, have my iced tea and just sit there and just do what I want to do and don't have to say hi to anybody. Then all of a sudden I hear, Pastor! (laughs) What? No, I didn't. (laughs) The reality, that's where it's at. But see, we, we get angry at God, don't we? We get angry at God. We get angry at all this stuff because, you know, God, I know you want me to do this. Look at all that I've done and look how people are receiving me. Look what people are doing. Well... That's why you're there. What are you created to be? Win with people. Let me close with this. The Holy Spirit wants me to engage with people. That is when the gifts of the Spirit will manifest because you have God's heart. That happens to me when I get to that place because God knows he loves me. He wants to remind me of who I am. And so, pastor, and I just go, oh, you're funny, God. I could just see him with Jesus. (laughs) That was good, wasn't it? I said, hey, how you doing? Hey, pastor, I just want you to know, I, I don't even know why you're out this way. I just want you to know that I love you I so appreciate you, you know, and I have to fight the tears and bite my cheek so I don't cry because God was saying, listen to me. The power you walk in comes from me. When your flesh rejects what I've asked you to be, I will remind you of it in love because that's how you win in life. Remember, the second B at Valley is belong to family. Let's all stand.